David Bell has a lot of explaining to do when it comes to the shortstop position, and there are now a lot more questions than there are answers when it comes to this Reds lineup. We'll discuss all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have podcasted about this Cincinnati Reds team for over three years now, and we remain heavily addicted to the Cincinnati Reds. We bring that addiction, and we turn it into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms on today's podcast jose barrero or kyle farmer when it comes to shortstop there the answer seems obvious but david bell has it wrong what on earth can we expect from this lineup and speaking of david bell what is he thinking about all these moves all these fire sale trades that the reds are making we'll discuss all of that But Steve, we have to start with this conversation about shortstop because I think the answer seems pretty obvious, but David Bell doesn't seem to agree. (laughs) I listened to his comments talking about the shortstop position, and for me, especially now, the fire sale is on. The, the, the March to 2024 is underway, Jeff. There is absolutely yes. no reason that, Car- that Kyle Farmer should be anything more than a super utility for this team. Uh, everybody that you are trying to get a, a good read on, you're trying to get an answer on if they are for real or not, should be playing as many games as possible between now and the projected start date of this run that the Reds are setting up to be on in a few seasons. So for me, uh, Jose Barrero should be the everyday shortstop starting today. Yeah, and I've always believed that he is going to finish the 2022 season with more playing time at shortstop than Kyle Farmer gets, regardless of who starts there on opening day. The interesting thing about this whole conversation is everybody keeps saying Kyle Farmer earned it. Kyle Farmer played amazing last year. Let's not kid ourselves. What he did was fine. He was gritty. He was good as a plan D. He wasn't even plan C. He wasn't even plan B. He certainly wasn't plan A. The Reds had no idea what to do with the shortstop position, and Kyle Farmer saw an opportunity and took it. So you know what? Kudos to him. Way to go. He had a career year. But even him having a career year, there's still lots to improve upon from what he did. And I believe Jose Barrero can do that. And Jose Barrero's ceiling is so much higher than what Kyle Farmer gave to the Reds last year. Listen, Jeff, I've been saying this for a while now, and and it's just people don't get it. Kyle Farmer, overall, looking at, at, at his OPS+, he was 20% below league average for the year. And it was actually worse than that for the most part of the year. Uh, Kyle Farmer's July really is what everybody focuses 
focuses in on and thinks that's what he brought to the team for the season. He had an amazing July. I'm not going to dispute that. But the the, the fact of the matter is that he was 20% below league average uh, for the year. But to hear David Bell tell it, it's a different story. As a matter of fact, I think we should hear from David Bell right now. Yeah, I think the the obvious answer and the, the easy one for me is, you know, you look at what, what Kyle did last year and he, he he's coming in as a shortstop now. Barrero, I mean, we all know what a talented player he is. He's going to force the issue somewhere on the field. There's no no question. I'm very confident in that, but uh, we're going to have to let that play out a little bit too. Um, he's still a young player. It doesn't have to happen opening day. It could. Um, he did play some center field last year. Uh, we do consider him a shortstop coming into camp, and and we'll just see what happens. If he forces the issue, we'll, we'll make a spot for him on the team. But Kyle, everything he did last year, offensively, defensively, what he means to our team, uh, I don't even think that you know is a question. He's coming in as the shortstop. So as you can see, David Bell is approaching this thing, Jeff as this position belongs to Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer is the starting shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. And I just, I cannot imagine why you would make that declaration when you have a player with as much talent as Barrero. Now, maybe, maybe it's David Bell being loyal to his guy. Maybe it's going to be a motivational tool for Jose Barrero to hear that and and, and push himself to take it away from Kyle Farmer. But, you know, just on the merits of what David Bell had to say, uh, I feel like uh, Kyle Farmer's definitely um, kind of entrenched at the shortstop position right now. The only thing I can think of is that David Bell is being loyal to his vet. He is being a good manager to a veteran player and not saying that before they even begin working out this young dude who has the future shortstop in his hand, he has the future, the title of future shortstop of this team firmly within his grasp. He's not ultimately saying that right now he's the starter. I think David Bell knows. And and he even mentioned, he's like, it's something that we're going to be constantly evaluating. And if he forces the issue, sure. I think forcing the issue in this comment means that David Bell knows that at some point Jose Barrero is taking this job from Kyle Farmer. It may not be on opening day, but it's definitely going to be soon. I think that David Bell understands the dynamics of a clubhouse. He understands how to deal with the egos of players. I don't think, at least I hope, that he was going to get a contract extension if he didn't. I don't think they were just going to be like, hey, you're the de facto manager of whatever it is we're going to have on the field this coming season. I I think that they understand he knows what he's doing. So I think that because of that, this was a let's smooth it over. You know, we'll see what we get out of Kyle Farmer. And by the way, this might not just be one of these guys has to play shortstop and the other sits on the bench. These guys might play different positions, too, because we're talking about a roster that has been destroyed over the course of the last couple of days. Well, that's that's a great point, Jeff. And I think that, you know, and and first, let me clarify that I am not against Kyle Farmer. I don't think Kyle Farmer is a bad guy. And I also think that he serves a very valuable purpose 
uh, on this team and in this lineup Absolutely. because he can play multiple positions. He can be a super utility guy. And I think for David Bell, especially now that the fire sale is on, for David Bell to put the most effective lineups on the field every day, people are going to have to move around. I, the days of a guy playing one position are over. Uh, we're going to see Kyle Farmer at short. We're going to see him at third base. We may see him in left field, just like Jose Barrero. And I know that coming up in the next segment, we're really going to attack this lineup and maybe try and figure out what it might look like. But the shortstop position, especially as we move closer and closer to the banning of the shift and really needing a true defensive shortstop out there, uh, I think now is the time to let Jose Barrero develop and flourish and be comfortable for when we need him out there 150 games at that position. Yeah, the answer at shortstop is Jose Barrero for 2022, for 2023, for 2024, for the foreseeable future until the Reds trade him. Did I just say that? No, I didn't say that. Anyway, whatever. Uh, he is the foreseeable future shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds, and that future needs to begin as soon as possible. You know, Jeff, I think the shortstop argument bleeds into an argument of whether or not the scoring of a lot of runs with this lineup will even be possible. And if you're ready to discover what is possible, if you are ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go, Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow, encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Make sure you give the Locked On MLB Prospects a listen after today's podcast. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia and will keep you up to date on the up-and-coming players as well as some college baseball talk as well. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast is free and available on all platforms, just like Locked On Reds. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr, and that's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, make sure you are subscribed over on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are going to have video exclusive things over there that will not be in your audio feeds. So head over and subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out the current extra bonus video we have of Jeff and Lindsey Crosby talking about all of the players we got back with the trade with the Seattle Mariners. Coming up on Monday, we are going to be talking about actual baseball games. They're spring training games, but they're actual baseball games we've got that coming up for you next week as we move back into our five day a week format jeff there's still a lot of unanswered questions surrounding this team uh, there were a lot of unanswered questions before the fire sale started last week and now that the fire sale is underway there are a whole lot of open positions and a whole lot of unanswered questions that david bell is going to have to answer and the biggest one of those questions is what could this lineup look like when we get to opening day in April? And I'm not sure that there are some readily available answers to that question. Yeah, if I'm a young player on this roster who's currently within spring training, I'm excited because I think there's a chance for me to take a spot. I'm looking at you, Alejo Lopez. Do it, man. Do it because I'm rooting for you to do it. Um, the sure things on this roster – when we're coming to the lineup, 
are few and far between. The sure things are Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Joey Votto, and Tyler Naquin against right-handed pitchers. Don't tell me about Tyler Naquin against left-handed pitchers because it's not good. Tyler Naquin against righties is good. Outside of that, uh, let's see. Nixon Zell? No. He's a question mark. No, I don't I don't um, think he is a question mark. And I think that David Bell has said outright that Nick sure. Senzel is his guy. Uh there's there's nobody else. It's Nick Senzel or yeah. you. They don't have any outfielders. It's a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, uh no. David Bell has said and 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 he and we've heard it from Nick Crawl as well that Nick Senzel is in camp, Nick Senzel is healthy, Nick Senzel looks great, and they are counting on him to be the guy. Now I get where you're coming from. Uh, his history says that he's a question mark, but as far as everybody in that organization is viewing him right now, he is the everyday outfielder and they're looking to him to be the 150 game guy that he hasn't been all along. In a perfect world, I think that he should be looking over his shoulder. He should be looking at TJ Friedel and being like, is this dude coming from a job? And, and, and let's be honest, a guy we haven't talked about, I know that this is going to sound crazy, but is there any sort of opportunity for Shogo Akiyama on this roster? If he can get on base? Absolutely. <laughs> if he can hit the ball I mean, out of the infield? Yes. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, as much as you talked about the youngsters having an opportunity to step up and take a spot, now is the time that Shogo Akiyama can can reward some of that faith that Dick Williams showed in him by bringing him yep. to this team. Now is the time that Shogo could, you know, put the past behind him, put everything that's happened, push it aside, and go take a job. But he's to do it, he's got to hit. And it doesn't have to be for power. I don't need a lot of home runs out of him. I need him to get on base. And if he can do that, yeah. sure, that's wide open. Start with not making outs. If he doesn't make outs, because we know he's going to make outs when he's in the outfield, he's going to catch balls. He's going to he's got a pretty nice, you know, okay, accurate arm in the outfield and things like that. And he's fast and he's got a good glove. So on the defensive side of things, he's going to add outs to the Reds' ledger. On offense, just don't make extra outs. Don't make dumb strikeouts. Don't make dumb hits that just turn into easy pop fly outs and things like that. I, I think there's an opportunity for him because he is a guy that we've almost completely overlooked in this whole process of building out the roster before the Reds decided to completely destroy the roster. So now, yes, he has an opportunity. Max Schrock, who I really like, has an opportunity. He might start against right-handed pitching if the Reds don't make any additions from here. And yes, we know Nick Crawl has said they will be active in free agency. Whatever that means, probably not to the point that it's going to really make this, any difference in this lineup. So yeah, we're looking at guys like Max Schrock. We're looking at Alejo Lopez at third base. And possibly, like we talked about in this last segment with Jose Barrero and Kyle Farmer, those guys could be playing elsewhere. I look more at Kyle Farmer maybe playing third base than Jose Barrero playing anywhere but shortstop. Although, against left-handed pitchers, who knows? Because this team was not very good against left-handed pitchers. One guy who could have improved against left-handed pitching is gone. A. Eugenio Suarez is a Seattle Mariner. And what bat did they get back? Jake Fraley, a left-handed bat. You know, the thing, Jeff, is I was 
of all of the proposals that went back and forth during the CBA negotiations, the one thing that I was really kind of hoping actually happened to this season was the ban on that shift. And it's not so yeah. much a, a super support of me changing the rules, but I felt like that rule change more than any of the others would really benefit the Reds because they, we have a lot of hitters that really can just go after right-handed pitching, but with that extra infielder over there on the, on that side of the infield, uh, Naquin's going to continue to struggle. It gives Votto extra problems. It's a problem for Schrock. So what I really wanted to see was that ban to go in effect. We didn't get that. So I agree with you that we're going to have to see people move around. And I think maybe I see it a little bit differently because what they're going to have to do is put somebody in the outfield against lefties that doesn't normally play in the outfield. And the most athletic person, I think the most reasonable selection is to against left-handed pitchers only move Jose Barrero to left field, put Kyle Farmer at shortstop and let Aleo Lopez play third base. I think that's the best lineup that you can put offensively on the field and not sacrifice the defense entirely. Yeah. Where the reds have two very obvious call-ups on the pitching side of baseball. Plus they have some guys who could make an impact in the bullpen this year. They don't have any readily available call-ups when it comes to position side of things. There's nobody that's going to be called up and just absolutely set the world on fire in the outfield. They're not going to go crazy in the lineup. So this is going to be a situation of dudes stepping up and probably an addition here or there that nobody really goes, Oh my gosh, they signed Nick Castellanos. That's not happening. So when you look at some of the guys that are going to be on this roster, you, you've got to have flexibility. So obviously, Jonathan India is leading off, whatever the lineup is, especially against lefties. Uh, the two guys who are going to be bringing in the runs is Joey Votto and Tyler Stevenson. And against right-handed pitching, maybe you bat Tyler Naquin second. Outside of that, building a lineup right now, today, before spring training games start. And to be honest with you, I don't know what we're going to learn in 18 spring training games. It's going to be a work in progress for basically the entire year as to what this lineup might look like. But outside of knowing those things, you can just roll the dice. I think the biggest takeaway from the 18 spring training games could very well be just David Bell getting a feel for where he can move people. Because I think that's probably the most important thing for him to figure out because then what it gives him the flexibility to do is build an offensive lineup each day based on the opposing pitcher and juggle parts to get those guys in the lineup together versus having a person locked into one position and just having the role with what he's got, because the, as much young talent as there is coming, there's, there's a little spot here where, where the reds need the talent the most right now, it doesn't exist. So they're going to have to get creative. And I, I think that some of these youngsters have the talent and the ability to, to shift around and do things differently. And I'm hoping that the reds stumble, bumble, fumble their way into being a little bit more successful than we think they're going to be. Yeah, no, I it, I agree. This is going to be an experiment that lasts the entire season. I, I don't foresee a point in the 2022 season where we're like, that's it. That's the lineup. It's going to be a constant work in progress. And that's all going to be on David Bell, who, to be honest with you, I'm very curious as to what he's thinking 
now that he is pretty much lost half of his roster from this past season. I know it's a business and things like that. But what is going on in David Bell's mind after he received a two-year contact extension before everyone proceeded to get traded away? We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about the sponsor for this podcast, Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is the number one place for you to find all of the parts for your car. Whether you've got a brand new car or you're trying to restore a classic muscle car, they've got parts for you. When you're talking about Rock Auto, there's so many different types of cars out there that it's pretty much impossible for the store down the street to carry the exact right part for your car. You know who has that part though? rockauto.com. They've got all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today. They've got a very easy to use interface. Plus they have reliably low prices. Why spend up to 30, 50, maybe even 100% more on auto parts that you can find at rockauto.com for a much better price. Check them out today. Head on over there and in the checkout section, in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff and Steve from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On. They've got reliably low prices every single day for every customer. You don't need a promo code. They've got an amazing selection. They've got reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure that you're subscribed. We've got so much stuff coming for you this season, so much extra content that is YouTube only. You're not going to want to miss it. Steve, we, we have talked a lot about the shortstop debate. We talked about some comments that David Bell made about that shortstop debate that we think he might be wrong in, although he could possibly just be, you know, trying to smooth over egos and things like that. Overall, though, I'm wondering what he's thinking. He's thinking he didn't signed. sign up for this. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> I mean, if he was no. really able to be honest, I think that's probably the answer. Dude just signed a two-year contract extension. And by the way, we're going to just cut your legs out from underneath of you. I mean, I, that's that's the kind of thing that if I were him, I'd be looking around for other jobs right now. Like in the, if that's in another job uh, category, not necessarily baseball manager. Look, he's got a lot that he has to figure out this season, and a lot of it is not his fault. It's... He is putting together the lineup with the players that he has been given. He's not part of these discussions. He's not part of the whole idea of let's trade away players and save the ownership group some money. No, he wants to win ball games. The only thing is he has to do it with what he's given. And this year, what he is given is just, yeah. yeah. You know, Jeff, there was a great post uh, written on Facebook of all places by former Cincinnati Inquirer sports writer, John Fay. And in that post, he kind of laid out a chronological review of the Bob Castellini tenure in Cincinnati and how things have played out over the years 
and how Bob Castellini, for a lot of the early years, wanted results and wanted them now and really showed a lack of patience in allowing things to develop. And Faye wondered out loud what has happened in the last year to change Castellini's philosophy and allow for there to be a rebuild, even though they're not calling it that. And it's very clear that the philosophy has changed. And one of the changes that has to come along with that is the metric by which the manager is evaluated. Because if you're going to trade away all of his talent in order to bring in players to make a run in what we think is 2024, you cannot expect David Bell to win a lot of games between now and then. So if the question we're asking ourselves is, will David Bell be the manager of the Cincinnati Reds in 2024 when all of this talent hints? I think the answer to that question is yes. I think the only way that David Bell is not the manager is if Bob Castellini is not the owner. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. I, I Because when you talk about reevaluating the manager as a whole, you can't do it on wins and losses. It's got to be about how he handles the clubhouse, which David Bell is a pro at. Every Absolutely. single report about him has said that. Um, it's going to be about how he gets guys playing time to develop because there's no other way to develop in the major leagues but to be on the field for games and things like that. So a lot of that's going to have to be some guys that we want to see getting a lot more action. Alejo Lopez, Max Schrock. Maybe we can see Graham Ashcraft in the bullpen this year. Maybe he gets a couple of spot starts. Maybe we see Justin Dunn really leaning into whatever his role is going to be on this ball club after getting acquired from the Seattle Mariners. Maybe Brandon Williamson is in the opening day rotation, not necessarily the opening day starter, but in the opening day rotation. David Bell, the good the good thing about David Bell is that he is a progressive manager. He is a open-minded guy, and that is going to play really well into his hand to stick around here a lot longer than just, hey, be here while we lose, and we'll figure out getting another manager whenever we're ready to win. The only thing I know for sure when it comes to David Bell is that he has the respect of his players and that his players will go out there and play hard for him. And with a team that is probably only going to win 70 games, you need that. With these youngsters that need to learn this year really how to be major league baseball players, it can't the, the importance of having a manager that was a major league baseball player cannot be overstated. I think that David Bell is now the right guy at the right time to move this organization through the mess that its front office has created for it and position these young players to be ready for when it's time to make the run. So, you know, I believe David Bell can get that job done. I believe that he can partner with Derek Johnson to effectively develop this young pitching staff. And I believe that he can have this team ready so that if 2024 rolls around and ownership is willing to plug the few holes that they'll have, they will be ready to make a run and win some baseball games. I might take that a step further and say, you know, there was a lot of questions this offseason levied at the Reds for the way that they restructured their development department. I think it makes sense now. If you're going to restructure your development department with your major league pitching coach at the head of it, 
and your major league hitting coach at the head of it, then that makes total sense. Because in a couple of years, the guys that they're training now are going to be the guys that they're relying on to get them to the playoffs. I like that. I, I like the idea that at least the Reds had the foresight for that. We have to give them credit for that. Nick Crawl has done a good job of restructuring the development department. Yes, I know. I said Nick Crawl did a good job. He did a good job Ooh. of restructuring this development department. Now it's on them. It's on them to get the job done. And part of that is how does David Bell manage the guys that come to him after having gone through that development system? I think you're right. I think he's the right guy for the job. And to be honest with you, that's something that I wondered about this last year, whenever it seemed like they really experienced peaks and valleys throughout one season alone, let alone, you know, a whole decade of seasons of just, you know, turmoil. But I think that overall, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think he's going to be here for a while. I think the big takeaway, Jeff, is that David Bell and this entire coaching staff really have their work cut out for them. As we head into the 2022 season and beyond. But that is probably a good spot to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Coming up on the next podcast next week, as we move to our five-day-a-week format, we will take a look at the big stories from the first few games of spring training. That's right. We will have actual baseball games to talk about with you next week. Thank you so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now make the Locked on MLB podcast your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available on all platforms. Jeff, the offseason is over. Spring training games will be underway this weekend, and we could not be happier to be able to just watch some pitchers throw to some hitters. But when we come back next week, what are we going to be? We are locked on Reds every single day.